I'm Lauren. And I'm Austin. We are an interracial couple raising a biracial daughter and have regular conversations about the value of our different experiences and how we want to raise our child. We believe that God made people of different ethnicities for His glory alone. But like many other things sin corrupts, we have made a mockery out of what God meant to be good. And in comes racism, a very real problem plaguing our hearts and minds and therefore invading systems of this world. So we decided to hit the record button as we discuss race, division, unity, and how to live a life in opposition to this sin specifically. We hope you'll join us as we dive headfirst into current topics, discuss ways to live a life against racism, and ultimately seek on earth as it is in heaven, a place that will be filled with people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. You're listening to Grace and Race, a podcast about practicing anti-racism and promoting unity in families and communities. What it do? Hey, everybody. Hey, y'all. We hope you are enjoying, I can't believe I'm saying this, New Year's Eve. Day. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. New Year's day yeah because when you're listening to this that's when it's going to be dropped for us it's eve right now but for you listening it is new year's day 2021 i know you was like what if i just pause 2020 you know 2021 (laughs) we're excited we're pumped um and we hope that you guys have a great year and hopefully this is a good start to it Yeah, we came at you last week with just some thoughts for Christmas Day because last week our episode came out on Christmas Day. If you haven't already listened to it, I mean, honestly, it's a great, in my opinion, it's a great message, at least for me to remind myself on a lot of days other than Christmas Day. So if you were busy enjoying time with your family, which we definitely were, um, and did not get a chance to listen to it, please go back and listen to it. And yeah, we would we would just love to have conversations with you guys about that episode, which is really just kind of thinking about how we can celebrate unity. Um, yeah, how we can how we can celebrate the fact that that God has already redeemed all of this and that we can partner with him to make earth as as much as we can like heaven until the day that heaven and earth collide. Mm, let's do it. So what's on the docket today? So today, since it's New Year's Day, I don't know about you, Austin, but last year around this time, I was seeing so much stuff. And also, I was thinking so much stuff about 2020. I think that the conversation that went on between you and me was like, this is the year. Like, if there's ever been a year, 2020, like, that's the year. That's the year to do this and this and this and this and this. And little did we know... 2020 had a lot in store for us, but not exactly what we had planned. Right. Yeah, and that goes for everybody, right? Our The world shut down this year. The whole world. The whole world shut down this year, which was wild. But in our lives, we had a tornado come through our city and destroy our home. And so we've spent much of 2020 just trying to, like, pick up the pieces of that and figure out how God would have us move forward. We've spent a lot of time thinking about things like racial reconciliation and racial justice and all of these things that that this year's sort of reckoning on race brought about 
things that honestly we were thinking about 2020 being this crazy amazing year and I don't know about you guys but I spent a lot of time contemplating really really hard things in 2020. Mm. That's good that's good so I guess uh, I don't want to make it sound cheesy would you say this is like new year's resolutions on how <laughs> to conceptualize or I guess how to um, embrace racial reconciliation racial unity? Yeah, sorry, I realized I didn't answer your question. <laughs> um, yeah, so this year, while we were thinking a lot about, about you know, happy things and awesome things that we were going to do in 2020, um, this year I'm not seeing as much of that. I'm seeing a lot of people talking about, like, uh, I'm not making any resolutions this year. Like, we're just going to take it one step at a time, <laughs> one day at a time. And honestly, I think that that can, that can be healthy in a lot of ways. Mm. However, I also think that the new year is a great time to reevaluate, right? It's a great time to look back, to kind of reflect on the past year, which a lot of reflecting can be done on this past year, and say, okay, how am I going to move forward? Nothing's really going to change between today and tomorrow, today when we're recording this New Year's Eve and tomorrow, New Year's Day, right? Nothing's going to change except for like the date on my phone, which changes every day. But it does give us an opportunity to look back and to say, how can I step into this year? How can I like change some things that I want to change in my own heart? How can I change some things that I want to change in my own life? Can I do that? Or how can I just make steps to doing that? So that's what we're going to be talking about today on this podcast. And again, if you're listening to this and it's after New Year's Day. Hey, tomorrow is a new day, just like tomorrow. Tomorrow is a new day, new day when you're listening to this, just like tomorrow is a new day when we're recording this. It has nothing to do with the year. So, yeah, we would encourage you to just like still take this time to still evaluate. And yeah, we're going to talk about how we can incorporate racial justice into our quote unquote New Year's resolutions. Boom. Let's do it. Awesome. So, Let's just break this down a little bit. The first thing that I think it's important for all of us to do, which we're going to do on this mic with you guys, is ask ourselves, how are you at making and keeping New Year's resolutions? Austin, how are you at doing that? Are you pretty good? Are you good at um, some of them? So some of you, you, so when it comes to keeping my resolutions, um, some might call me garbage, <laughs> um, fancy word for garbage translation trash. So not good. How about that? Not good at keeping new year's resolutions. If I'm being honest, have you ever like had one that, that you felt like you actually like did good and kept? Um, no, it's that's pretty why. sad. What? No, no, not for a year. Not for a year. Mm, I okay. did a part. See, that's the thing. Oh yeah. I can, I can knock out a month i got you for a month 30 days come on i'm your guy the problem is there's like 12 of those months and not just one so i would say as a year you're right i'm pretty porous yeah so for me personally i've always been really really terrible at also at keeping new year's resolutions but something happened in my life that showed me I guess gave me some insight on this and so I'll share this with you guys and then I think we'll kind of talk about how we can use this a little bit just because it's been helpful to me um 
as we move forward thinking about race. So um, this is not, by the way, this is not me telling you if you if you are a parent out there or if you're a mom or if you've ever been pregnant, this is not me telling you how you should do things. This is just a story of mine. So Austin's looking at me like, what are you about to say? Um, so whenever I got pregnant with Eden, who is our 19-month-old daughter, I decided that I wanted to try to give birth to her unmedicated. So basically, no epidural. I really didn't want any kind of intervention, and it, which is funny because I, that's not me. Um, Austin and my mom maybe spent like a lot of the year <laughs> very skeptical about the fact that I would be able to do this because, um, I think some think of me as a bit of a wuss, but anyways, I, I decided that this was going to be my goal. And one of my friends told me at the beginning of who, who had done this, one of my friends who had had a couple of babies unmedicated, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to like go for it and we'll see what happens. That was like my mindset at the beginning. And she was like, Lauren, you need to prepare for this. Like, take it one day at a time and use this time to prepare for this feat because it's hard. And I took her really seriously. I mean, she she looked me dead in the eye and she was really honest with me about that, right? She wasn't like, yeah, you go, girl, you can do it. She told me the deeply honest truth that, hey, this is really hard and if this is something that you're really serious about that you really want to do you need to spend time preparing for it and so over the course of the next probably seven months of my pregnancy at this point that's what I did um I I didn't just take like you know, a weekend course where I tried to cram all of this stuff in my mind. Um, I created a labor playlist that I listened to every day for months and months. Um, I did specific things to prepare my body. And it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't like I devoted all like 24 seven of my time to this, right? But I did little things every day, incorporated little things into my lifestyle that then resulted in me being able to do that. And obviously, the Lord was very much present with me, and I believe that he put that desire on my heart for a really specific reason um, for my birth story, just because of the way that Eden was positioned and blah, blah, blah. Another story for another day. But what I'm getting back to is that that idea of creating a goal and then over time preparing for that goal and not rushing to, I have to give birth unmedicated tomorrow. I think really taught me how I how I can best achieve things and it's by taking little steps one day at a time. And so the cool thing was I did that and then this year um a few of the goals that I set we we had this specific conversation Austin was, you know, cleaning up my eating and I wanted to run a half marathon and I wanted to read through the Bible. And whenever I set those goals, I kind of went back to that mindset of going back to the last big goal that I had, which was giving birth to Eden unmedicated and taking it a chunk at a time. And so whenever I was training for the half marathon, I didn't say, okay, I'm going to go run six miles tomorrow whenever I could only run two at that point, right? 
that wasn't that wasn't how I did that. We did little tiny chunks at a time. And what I realized was that by doing that, by just taking it little bits at a time and incorporating these things into my lifestyle every day, little bits at a time, we can achieve big, giant things. It just takes some time. So anyways, that's kind of my answer to the question, the reflection question of how am I at making goals and keeping them? Whenever my goal is to just like take this big chunk of a bite off of something without any kind of prep work or without any kind of building up, then I'm probably going to fail at it. But whenever I have this overarching goal and I have ways of incorporating that into my life every day, then before you know it, you can achieve something that you didn't really expect to be able to achieve. Right on, right on. Let's move on. <laughs> so in as you reflect on that, like I said, that was kind of my reflection. What kind of resolutions are you most likely to be able to keep? Austin, what about you? Um, Ones that are easy. Next. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, if y'all could tell, Lauren is so much better being intentional. I My answers are pretty weak and short because you know honestly i need to put just roll my sleeves up and put a little bit more intentionality in it because for me it really is just the easy goals like i don't know sometimes i'll do like for work i actually i guess for work i'll i'm better at goals like the ones that I have to do for, I'm a teacher. And so I'll do goals that I want to do in the classroom or coaching. And I've been blessed, fortunate to meet those goals multiple times, like qualifying, you know, students and nationals or, you know, like big picture things. Um, yeah, kind of big picture, hmm. the way you get to qualifying for nationals for anybody that knows, you know, the world of speech, there's a lot of ways to do, it, especially in high school. A lot of different routes. It's very individual based on the person, uh, what works best for them. Um, so I guess goals that are kind of big like that, mm-hmm. um, but also aren't just dependent on me. Like a student qualifying to nationals, it's not me getting them there. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? It's like me partnering with them and helping them get there. So it's, I guess, goals that aren't all on me. I guess those are ones that I do decent in. That's a really good point. And I think thinking about that can help, can definitely help you think about the way that you set goals in other areas of your life, probably. I know that that's true for me. And kind of in that same vein, last year, Austin, you and I, um, we wanted to, we wanted to clean up our eating. We wanted to take a, basically we wanted to stop, um, eating so much dessert and because it had become kind of part of our our routine and so we took the month of January and this was a thing where we did you know bite off a big chump but we said we didn't say we're not going to eat dessert for the rest of the whole year of 2020 we said okay January we're not going to eat dessert we're gonna we actually did keto during that month and <laughs> and we were just like, listen, we're not going to do keto desserts. We're not going to do, quote unquote, healthy desserts. We're just going to cut this tie. And then later, hopefully, ins- instead of like diving back into it and going crazy, um, if, if we kind of stop the habit where we're at, then hopefully we'll be able to dive back into it. So that is something that you did. 
and that you kept. And then Austin did that a few more times over the course of the year. My point is all of this processing, all of these thinking about like, okay, even if we didn't necessarily like, even if we did fall back into the dessert trap a couple of times this year, (laughs) that reset was helpful. Okay. So how can I incorporate that reset mindset into other goals that I'm making that that idea of taking off little bites at a time in order to achieve something big that was helpful that worked how can I incorporate that into other areas of my life and your answer is probably going to be different right some of the goals that you may have achieved in your life are probably going to look different in the way that you did it and how you did it and so take some time maybe journal reflect on those things and then let's apply that to pursuing racial justice. Okay, Austin. Why do and you may be one of these people. I'm not I'm not upset with you. I I just want to process through this with you guys. Why do people get uncomfortable at the term racial justice? I think there is a I think it's in the world of psychology. It's called the just world theory. And I believe that's what it is. I have to look it up. Essentially, it's a mindset that we often have, especially in the States, that everything is right with the world. And if something's wrong, it's probably you. Hmm. Like you're not. Have you heard that terminology? You're not working hard enough. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Right. You, you got to do better. Stop making excuses. Nobody cares. There are nuggets of truth in those statements. The problem is people will make it the whole truth. Mm-hmm. And so this just world theory keeps a lot of people from sympathizing, maybe empathizing, but sympathizing and trying to figure out, okay, is there something wrong going on that is making it harder for this person to pull themselves up? That's making it harder for this person to interact and to work. And if it is something that's making it harder and I have the ability to make it easier, why not make it like, why not do that? Especially believers. I mean, we're called to um, serve one another. So it's like, if we know we're being a stumbling block for somebody, it makes no sense to ignore that spiritually. It's actually better for our spiritual nature to lean in and say how we can give relief. Um, so I think the just world theory really keeps a lot of us from, entering in and finding those unjust moments because it's like no 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 it wasn't injustice it's just you should have just listened to the cop if you would have listened to the cop then you'd be alive and you don't realize wait a second george floyd was listening to the cops and then that word that theory goes out then you start looking for something else um if he never did drugs in his life it's like wait people do drugs all the time and they're still alive and you're like, well, and you start finding all this care. Every black person that dies by police is character assassination. And a lot of it is people trying to find the just world theory. No, they deserve this. They they brought this on themselves. I mean, people told me if Breonna Taylor had a different boyfriend, it's like, wait, are you are you really going there? Bad decisions means you should die. Because you just laughed with me two weeks ago about terrible decisions you made in your life. You know what I mean? It's it's weird. It's weird, but we do it for race a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the just world theory. Mm-hmm. So why should racial justice be something that we're all concerned about? I mean, one thing that I think I, I have a hard time with personally is that you and I not only 
So for me, as a white person, it would be really easy if I didn't have immediate family or close people in my life that I cared about, who I know that this affects, it would be really easy for me to like go on with my life. And every now and then, whenever I saw a status on Facebook, like, like it. And, you know, whenever a new podcast comes out, listen to it, but then just kind of let it fall into the background of my life. That's not as easy for me, right? Because I have children who are affected by this and I have a husband who's affected by this. I have in-laws. I have friends um, who are directly part of my life. But most importantly, you and Eden and our baby who's going to come. So it's easy for me, right? It's easy for me to think about this constantly or easier, I guess. But what about others? What about people who might not be as directly affected by, by the lack of racial justice, why should everybody be concerned about this issue? Well, it's for there are benefits with justice. There are gifts that come from a just society. One thing that I tell people when you're just for all groups of people the chances of all groups of people promoting justice is very high. Mm. I'll give you a chilling story. I'll never forget this. I remember the first time I watched like the OJ Simpson trial and everything. And, you know, I, I remember going to a barber shop and I guess something brought it up. And it it was not around that time. It was like years later, but something brought it up. And people are talking in there and we're going back and forth. Did he do it? Did he not do it? Most of us black people in the room thinks he either did it or had some tie to it. Like yeah. Like hired somebody, you know, we think there's some of, he was involved. And did you know that we weren't concerned about a person losing their life? We were rejoicing that a black person was able to get over the law because so many times black people have been seen guilty even when they weren't. So it wasn't about this these lives that were lost. We weren't even about justice. It was about previous injustices. That's where our minds were. You know, we started going to the Emmett Tills. You know, we started going to the people who are nameless and faithless, but we know their stories. Black people being killed by our justice system. I just found out We've had um, a Supreme Court justice. He was sworn into the KKK. He actually left the KKK so he can keep his justice seat. He had just joined. That's a Supreme Court justice in the KKK. We've had presidents of the United States sworn into the KKK. Like That's what we're dealing with here. So when we saw a black person say, when they said not guilty, we rejoiced because, oh, man, this country, you you sure is dead if you black whether you did it or not you're gonna get cooked so that's a terrible place to be you can finger point you can say how terrible people we are you you could go that route or you could say wow what injustice has happened to them what is things that they've heard they've seen they've experienced to make them rejoice a black man being free even if he's guilty hmm. that that tells you how bad it is so as just a human being, as a citizen in America, if you really value justice, then you should value it for, I mean, Martin Luther King said it best, an injustice to anyone, right, is an injustice to everyone. Mm -hmm. 
I think that I think that's the quote. It's it's similar. To, it's that concept. It's the idea that if somebody is getting screwed over, guess what? That opens the door for you to get screwed over <laughs> if you don't speak up and say something about it. So that's that part. As far as the believer part, there's something so much bigger and, and richer at bay here. Racial justice. If you read um, Psalms, it actually talks about righteousness and justice is the foundation of God's throne. So when you think about racial justice, you're thinking about justice that has to do with racial dealings, racial uh, relationships. Right. So if you are in God, if you are in Christ, Jesus, uh, that is a part of who you are. That's a part of your DNA now. So you literally don't want to fight your spiritual nature, which is to be an agent right a mini christ-like you're a christ-like follower so a mini christ for you to do that you have to love unity uh, justice and righteousness you have to love those things and so if you don't you're going to be the man in james talked about looked in the mirror looked away forgot what he looked like double-minded man in all his ways you have to be hey i'm standing for what's right here it's the heart set of the 99 You'll leave the 99 for the one. It's that kind of mindset. Hey, I know there are plenty of black people who don't talk about race and don't say that it's a big deal, but there's one that is, and I'm worried about that person. I'm concerned about that person. I want that person to feel love. I want that person to feel warm. I want that person. It's that idea of not looking for the majority, but your eyes are open for the minority. You're looking, how can I serve? How can I help? How can I build? Um, things of that nature. So, that's just a snippet there is way more and you probably heard better answers hopefully in the podcast from me <laughs> but the believer should be on fire for racial justice because it's the foundation of who we are in jesus i think one thing that i would add to that conversation is that especially this year i've heard a lot of people talking about a lot of christians talking about how justice should only be seen through the lens of what Jesus did on the cross. Mm. And I think that that's a dangerous place to go. Yeah. Now, let me be, be very clear. Ooh. That is justice, right? What God did through Jesus on the cross was take away the sins of his children, right? Or, or not take away the sins of his children, he but paid the, paid the price mm -hmm. of the sins of his children. So that is just, there was justice right. there, right? That's not that there's not justice there. But what we see over and over and over again in scripture is that God desires justice between us and him and between one us and others, right? In, in the relationships between his children. And I mean, he wrote all kinds of laws. The laws that were written in the Old Testament weren't just about the relationship between directly between God and people, but the relationship between people and people. And again, over and over again, the prophets who um, are prophesying about what God is seeing the people of Israel doing, a lot of it is not just about who they were worshiping, but about how they were caring for one another and how they weren't caring for one another. And so, like I said, scripture, it could be really easy. And whenever I say that, I mean, I, I feel like I would have fallen into this place. And so I'm not saying this out of casting judgment, but, um, but we have to remember that through the words of the Bible, 
God over and over again talks about his his desire of justice and yes that ultimate justice that that price that Jesus paid on the cross will buy buys Christians the ability to have complete justice with one another mm. right so so let's use that right let's use that horizontal relationship and and go forward but yeah I just wanted to speak into that because I've heard that a few times this year and I, I think that it's just that's a very Christianese kind of cop-out so Austin what does it look like to pursue racial justice so racial justice is going to take history. When something is taken, there's an injustice, right? Think. Let's break it down just on a simple scale. If I take something from you that's unjust, I should return it. Does that make sense? I should run it, return it to you. It would be very weird for me to say, yeah, I stole this from you, and I really need you to forgive me and have peace and mercy. <laughs> it's like, wait, 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 peace and mercy is really good, Austin. But you took that from me, man. You got to restore that. So you should be thinking, what are ways to restore? Restoration is a huge part of justice, restoring what was taken. The thing that gets tricky is people will say, well, I never took. You know, I didn't own black. I never took black. I never, I never took. I never took. I never took. But you got to understand there's your brother over here who's black in America. And they have this hole. They see this hole of what was taken. And so instead of fighting and bickering and debating, figure out ways that you can restore your brother. I think this is very interesting, especially when you look in the Old Testament. This is a biblical concept. It's restoring to people what's theirs, even if you didn't take it. We see that with the kings of Israel. We see that the idea of repenting for sins that they never committed. Think about that. Think about that. They were restoring the nation of Israel. How, why, are they, why are they telling God, I'm sorry for sins that they weren't even a part of? <laughs> they weren't the leaders. But they know, okay, there's a hole here now. Something was done wrong. Lord, Father, forgive us. They started to restore, tear down Baal. They didn't just say Baal was bad. They tore it down. So let's rebuild. We're going to build for the Lord. There is a calling that white Christians have. We're able to tear Baal down. And Baal is white supremacy for us. In our country, in our context, that's Baal, white supremacy. And are you willing to tear that down and replace that with the message of the gospel? That's that's your calling as a white Christian is tear bell down and show this is not what Christ calls us to. Christ calls us to and then tell them, boom. And by you tearing bell down, that's going to strengthen your message. People are going to hear your message more clearly. So racial justice restoration is a huge part 
of justice. You got to think restorative. How do I restore a brother? How do I bring a brother? How do I restore what was taken from you? I mean, it's so someone posted something real good. They were like, black people, don't put on Twitter, black people have trust issues with vaccines or medicine. The best way to say it is, we have lost the trust of black people by abusing them through vaccines and medicines throughout history. <laughs> That's more accurate, right? It's a better way to say it because you're looking from their point of view. Oh, okay, I can see why they don't trust that. Shoot, looking at the history, I'm not sure if I would either. It That'll make more sense. And then you'll start thinking of policies and you'll start having conversations and you'll use words and terminology and you'll have a heart set and a mindset that is geared towards restoring your black brother and sister rather than judging them, poking fun at them, diminishing, calling them... Uh, not spiritual enough you're just focused on the world i've heard all the arguments they're very weak but i've heard them all so when we look forward into 2021 and we think about what this year could bring we have to recognize a couple of things one 2020 and all of the tragedy that happened and then all of the response that came out of that tragedy did not change, right? It didn't change our reality completely. It might have completely changed your perspective. You may feel like, and I do in a lot of ways, and I have to kind of fight this, but you may feel like, oh man, I get it now, and so the work is done. But unfortunately, we know that because of the context that we're living in, and because of the world that we're living in, that the injustices that happened in 2020 are likely going to happen again in 2021. Now, will can things be made better? Absolutely. I, I'm praying that the removal of no-knock no warrants in Louisville are going to save lives that we'll never even hear about this year. Praise mm. God. So that is, that is something that we can rejoice in. That is something that we can celebrate. But also in that celebration, we can't lose the, the fact that there is so much more work to be done. And there's going to be work to be done until Jesus comes back, right? It's, it's going to be a work in progress for the rest of the time that we're on this earth. But that doesn't mean that we can't that we can't do something about it, right? That we can't pursue that. So we're just going to talk about a couple of ways to do that, a couple of ways to pursue that. Um, I think first and foremost, remembering and going in to these goals and to these resolutions with a sober mind of, I'm not going to fix everything this year, right? I'm not going to fix everything in my context. I'm not going to fix everything in the world. I'm not going to fix everything in my own mind in the course of one year, right? But what I can do is I can take steps. I can work toward it. This is a work in progress, and it's going to be a work in progress for the rest of my life. Um, I One of the things that I guess frustrates me most whenever I see it said, and, and we've talked about this before. Um, and so again, I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone who's listening to this. Um, but 
whenever someone says the words, well, I have a black ex, like I have a black friend, I have a black husband, I have, a, I have black children, therefore I'm not racist. And I think what that does is it, it puts this mindset that, that because we have relationships with people, we've somehow arrived somewhere. And I don't know about you, but every time I learn something new about this world and about our history, I realize that I'm really far from arriving anywhere. And so I would encourage all of us to kind of take on that mindset. And as we put something as important as racial justice into our New Year's resolutions or into just our resolutions in general, our lifelong resolutions, um, incorporate these things into kind of what we already talked about of what goals, how, how am I successful at achieving goals? What does that look like for me? Does it look like making just a quick start change in my life? Does it look like taking one little step at a time? But understanding that we're never going to arrive somewhere, but it's going to it's it's going to take time and it's going to take intentionality to take the steps to going in the direction that we need to go in. So there are a few things that that we can do, and I just kind of want to point these out right now. Austin, feel free to to jump in at any point. Um, the first thing is educate yourself. I we were listening to a podcast this past week. And I can't, I cannot pull out the exact quote, so I'm not even going to attempt. But the the point that this person was saying is that he was talking to church leadership and talking about church leadership. And he was saying, you know, you don't need to preach about something in the pulpit that you haven't learned about yourself, that you haven't taken the time to learn about yourself. So educate yourself. And this is this is really for someone of literally any step in this process, right? You This could be your first time ever noticing something like this, or you could have been fighting in the 70s, right? In the 60s. And, and this is just another step in the process, right? Continue to educate yourself. Um... A few weeks ago, we did a gift guide that was for, um, like, if you wanted to buy somebody a, like, gift, a book, or something um, to promote racial justice for Christmas. Um, so I will link that in, in the description of this episode. So go definitely go and check that out. Um, we have a lot of books there. Get those books on your list. Use your Christmas money, some of your Christmas money, and and buy those books. Um, check them out on sale if there's a New Year's Day sale right now. And when you when you show a concern in educating yourself, that really does help so much mm-hmm. because it shows like you really are invested. You really want to change. Not saying you shouldn't ask people for help what i'm saying is don't ask and not be prepared to do research like don't ask and expect for someone just to tell you and break it all down Mm. like don't do that don't do that that's not good if you ask because you have a question great but please if you can show that you're willing to read um, watch some hard videos and we're not just talking about movies and cinema that's helpful but we're talking about history that's probably not your history books Mm. um when you're willing to go there it speaks volumes. Right. And I think that that's, that's important. Why this point is educate yourself. Um, especially right now, guys, 
we could say this about literally any time, but right now we are living in a time where we're seeing this third wave of COVID. Most of us are not out seeing people. Most of us are not sitting down across from someone at coffee. Most of us are not interacting in interpersonal relationships in our lives. But what that has shown me and what that has kind of opened for me is that while that may be the case, there are so many people who have willingly put their voices out there already, right? Who have written books, who are doing podcasts, Mm. who are putting... Um, videos on YouTube trying to educate and trying to to get that out in a time when when we can't sit down and have these conversations across from one another. And so use those things, like take full advantage of that because these conversations might be hard. That you, Your best friend who posts like the most informative stuff on Facebook for you may not be in a place where they can sit down and talk to you about this because honestly there's probably a lot of people in that person's lives life who who need help and so instead of saying hey 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 I need you to do all of the work to get me to the place that I need to be maybe you say hey do you have any book recommendations or do you have anything like that that, like I said, that'll go a long way. And that also shows just love and care for the emotional health of the person that you're with. And does that mean that having in-person conversations about these things are bad? Absolutely not. They're so good. And if someone's willing to sit down and have that conversation, do it. By all means, do it. But don't do it without putting forth effort on your own first as well. In that too... Take a look at what makes you uncomfortable. Whenever we're having conversations about racial justice, what kind of things make you twinge, right? What kind of conversations are you like, "Mm, I'll believe that whenever I see it? Or, you know, just in your mind, are you skeptical of? Take note of those things and say, okay, how can I specifically educate myself around this area? And how can I work to listen and to listen to understand someone before I listen to judge what they're saying, if it's true or not. I think that can be really helpful in in educating ourselves. The other thing that you can do is you can look at the power structures that you're part of in your own life. Now, I believe that everybody is part of some sort of power structure. Whether you are the CEO of a giant company or whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you are working in a fast food restaurant, or whether you are working from home right now and aren't out seeing a bunch of people, maybe you're single, maybe you're living by yourself, there are still places where there are power structures. Maybe it's within a friend group, right? Maybe it's in your home. Um, maybe you're raising children. Maybe you are the CEO of a big company. Wherever it is, maybe you're a teacher and you're you're in leadership over a group of students. Wherever it is, look at where am I holding a place of leadership, even if it's not official quote unquote right even if it's just within a friend group even if it's within your family where is a place where there is some sort of power structure and how can I use the position that God put me in wherever that may be no matter how big or small you might deem it how can I use my influence in this way to pursue and to promote racial justice 
that's going to look a lot different for a lot of people. That's why we have podcasts like this. I would really encourage you to go back and listen to our previous podcasts where we talk just a little bit more specifically about how we can pursue these things in, in specific areas of, of our lives. Um, go back and look listen to the podcast about hard conversations that you can have. Listen to the podcast about how we can raise anti-racist children. All of those things. Look at the power structures in your life and then say, how can I use this influence that has been given to me in order to promote racial justice for good? Boom. Um, and then the last couple of things is don't expect it to be a one-year journey. I hit on this already, but seriously, steps at a time, guys. Like, give yourself grace. This this podcast is called Grace and Race, and, and there are a lot of reasons that, that we named it that. But I do think it's important to do a couple of things to be intentional, right? We can't just say, oh, well, <laughs> I have forever learned about this, so I'm just going to pay attention to something else right now, right? That's not that's not what I mean. But if you feel like, oh, my gosh, I want to be 50 steps ahead of where I am right now and I don't know how to get there, instead of allowing that to shut you down, understand that there is, there is grace there and taking little steps, whether it be reading a book, what – there it be listening to a podcast consistent steps are going to get you places that you never expected that you would be so like I said don't expect it to be a one-year journey but at the same time take off little bites at a time if 2021 is going to be your first year just think about 2021 if it's easier for you to think okay I'm going to read a book a month right then Start with January. Just think about January. Break that down into little pieces. I'm going to read this many chapters a day. Maybe it's just one chapter a day about racial justice. Okay, that's pretty easy. It's not a lot of time. If I read this and then I reflect on it, like how much could that change your life? You could have read 12 books by the end of 2021. I don't know about you guys, but I didn't read 12 books about racial justice over the, <laughs> over this past year. And so that would be a really cool feet for for me to do by the end of 2021 um I think just like have a lot of have a lot of grace with yourself but also be intentional and understand that this isn't going to begin and end in 2021 it's a lifelong process and so take those resolution things that we talked about how do I usually do best at this where am I good at goalkeeping and then incorporate how can I incorporate the pursuit of racial justice into those things? And y'all, if we do that, if we are each individually pursuing that, if we're looking at those leadership structures in our lives, if we're looking at how can we have influence among our family members and friends, then that's honestly just a really, really amazing way to make big differences. Even if, even if right, the news isn't talking about the strides that you and I made in our individual lives, it could be a conversation that changes the way that someone in our family thinks, which could affect if someone gets hired or not, which could affect someone's family life, right? These things have domino effects, and we just want to encourage you to incorporate this in wherever wherever you are in your life right now to incorporate racial justice there because we never know how God could use that to affect the world for good. That's right, and it, you're going to get fatigued. Because when you're dealing with something that's wrong, 
It should be heavy. Mm. And whenever you hold something that's heavy, you get tired, mm. right? You go to the gym, you got some heavy weights. You got to rest a little bit. I'm just going to ask you not to give up. Don't. That's not resting. Giving up is not resting. There's going to be a minute. You're going to have to step away mentally. Hopefully it's not long. But I get that. I understand that. Lauren can handle longer stretches talking about things this heavy than she could originally she grew that muscle and she put in the work she went to the gym she worked her mind out her spirit out in such a way uh, that she'd be an agent of help so don't feel don't guilt yourself when you feel tired but i'm also going to say don't be content in just giving up either um it should be heavy i had a friend ask me love them and he says, Austin, do you consider yourself the least of these? That idea, that that f- phrasing in scripture, um, the idea of someone who um, isn't f- favored, I guess, to the majority of society. And I and I said yes in this context. If if I went to a different country, I'm sure I'd feel different. Um, if I was in a different continent, I'm sure I'd feel different. But here in the States, yes. You know, you might have fears of an intruder breaking in your house and killing you. Mine's the police. That's a different world. That's a different idea. Uh, that's a different mindset. And there's racial backgrounds and undertones on why I would feel that way. And if you're willing to listen, you're willing to lean in, it'll not only make more sense to you, but you'll be able to relate and you'll be able to um, um, minister to people who are dealing with some real issues, dealing with some real harm, some real hurt, some real effects. Um, so hopefully you feel encouraged today. Hopefully you feeling challenged today. Uh, but like I said, it's really like Lauren said, it's not just a one year thing. You're signing up for a lifetime, but we're just going to be intentional this year and start that process uh, so that when we hit the finish line uh, we can have a lot of peace uh, about our journey along the way thank you guys so much for listening again we appreciate you we appreciate all of the all of the support that you've given us so far in 2020 and we are so excited to enter into 2021 to continue doing this podcast so if you have ideas for topics that you want us to talk about going into 2021 make sure you reach out to us um yeah all of the information on how you can reach out is in the outro of this episode we love you guys we appreciate you and happy new year happy new year thanks so much for listening to grace and race we hope you enjoyed our conversation and also took away some points so that you too can better commit to practicing anti-racism in your own family and community if you want to stay updated on episodes and join further conversations head to laurengroves.me backslash join our list that's laurengroves.me backslash join our list to join our email list you can also follow us on instagram at lauren two underscores groves or groves 8070 to stay updated with our family and join conversations on our public platforms thanks for listening we'll chat with you again soon